this is Dr. Aaron Warner, and welcome to another episode of Independent Insights, where we share quick conversations on topics relevant to running efficient and profitable independent optometry private practices. Uh, we certainly also want to make sure we talk about providing the best care for our patients, and we do that today with uh, my good friend, Dr. Nate Benia-Wardford, who I got to meet as a first-year student in optometry school when he was doing his residency. Uh, he was one of my mentors, and we spent a whole year together in a pediatric clinic, and so I'm really excited for the conversation today. I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, as always, if you like the conversation, please leave a comment, share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. We're also looking forward to seeing you at the Vision Source Exchange coming up here in April in San Antonio. Click on the links in the show notes to get more information about that. Enjoy the show. All right, we are here with uh, Nathan Benia Warford. Um, and Nate, I met you back as a first year student uh, when you were doing your residency at ICO. That's right. Yes, so Dr. Goodfellow. Uh, way back. We do. I, uh, I said I wanted to, to learn pediatrics, and uh, Dr. Jeffrey Goodfellow says, Here's Nate. Um, go learn everything from him. And uh, that, that was fun. Yeah, I was impressed. You were a pretty. Pretty uh, ambitious back then. I don't. I don't know what happened to you. You just sort of fell apart since your first year at school. <laughs> you worked me too hard. No, that was, no, that was good I, times. But no, seriously, I I was impressed because you know most uh, most first year students are barely just sort of getting by. You know, uh, test to test, and you were really looking big picture, and you were really you know thinking like, okay, what are these opportunities, you know, out there, and and that's you know that speaks to your you know your commitment your history yeah well it's uh it was fun and i had uh, i had lots of good mentors you being one of them and now you've uh you've left chicago and you're in tampa down at uh, at bright eyes down there tell Correct. us about that yeah so i finished my residency in 2005 and we really l like the midwest i mean we were very happy um you know in chicago we had lived in wisconsin we liked it but we our family is from Florida, and so we ultimately knew we were gonna gonna come back uh, to Florida, and uh, so I f spent about six months working uh, in kind of a retail place while I was sort of you know figuring it out, talking to people, uh, and then we wound up. Uh, we didn't start cold, but we bought a very small practice, uh, just the assets basically. It was it was kind of it was kind of struggling. It kind of wasn't wasn't doing well. And uh, totally rebranded it, named it Bright Eyes. Uh, really made from the get-go uh, children's vision uh, priority. And what's interesting is the previous doctor was an excellent doctor, but she was really going for the boutique optical kind of high-end uh, vibe. Everything was very like concrete and minimal and really kind of harsh. Uh, and the patients that she did have, you know, when we announced that we were going to start seeing children. They said, "Well, if you start seeing children, you're going to lose all your patients because you know patients don't want to be around screaming, <laughs> screaming kids." And we said, "Well, you know, we we think otherwise, but um, you know." And so that was in 2006 when we uh, took it took over, and then in 2012 we moved location, we doubled the size, and then 2014 we opened up a second practice, and that's where I am right now. It's exciting because. It's exclusively pediatric, pediatric only, um, pretty much, pretty much all day, every day. And then in 2019, we doubled the size of the main uh, office, 
uh, yet again to make more room for, for vision therapy and uh, myopia control equipment. And uh, in that time, uh, we, my associate doctor uh, joined as a partner, Dr. Beth Knighton, so she's, she's uh, our partner now. And, uh, you know, it's just been pretty much, pretty much solid growth, even though there's been some, some rocky times 10 years ago, or I guess now 12 years ago was a, a little rocky, and obviously the pandemic. Uh, but you know, in general, it's been you know pretty much nothing but nothing but growth. Yeah, that that's awesome. So I'm curious because you took that that boutique practice uh, that sounds like was not set up to be child friendly, right. um, and no. maybe even had that attitude. How what changes did uh, you have to make to uh, to 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 welcome kids, to market with kids, to just kind of change the culture to be to be kid friendly right. and then kid focused. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I think I, I sort of think of it in t- two different areas. There's the the tangible and in, intangible. So you know, the tangible things. It was very stark. It was very drab. We literally painted uh, brighter colors. You know, uh, not full on primary kindergarten room colors, but like you know, purples and blues, and we just made it look like a more like warm and sort of pleasant place to be. Uh, we uh, literally bought some uh, children's sized furniture. So in one corner, uh, there was small seats for kids to sit in, and uh, we had some activities that they could could do. We uh, we had a Lego Duplo table. This is obviously before the pandemic. I doubt this table's ever coming back. But uh, you know, at big big blocks that kids could play with. And, um, you know, and, and it's amazing how just those subtle things, not a giant rebuild, not, not totally mm-hmm. knocking down walls and, and moving things around, but just literally giving kids a place to, to be, a place where they feel comfortable. Uh, I remember we got a, a, a carpet from Ikea that had like a little street scene, you know, and kids would come oh, yeah. and look at look at that and sort of... We had some children's children's books. Some of them were about eye care. Some of them weren't. And uh, had a little tiny library. And you know, just just those small things make such a difference uh, from the patient's point of view. And, and and I'll talk a little bit about why that is so important in a, in a few minutes. Um, but then you know, on the the intangible side, you know, like you were saying, I mean, having and training staff is a hundred percent. Critical because parents, they know that they are not experts in vision. I mean, they, you know, for themselves, they'll kind of say like, oh, yeah, I know, blah, blah, blah. I know what's going on. I know what I need, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to their kids, they know that they, they, they when they watch us do eye exams with kids, especially little kids, preschoolers, you know, they have no idea what they're doing. So they have to fully trust us. And that trust starts online. It starts with your web presence. It continues um, on the phone, if they call to make an you know an appointment, and it you know it goes to when they open the door and the first staff that greets them, you know they have to be warm and they have to smile and they have to look the kids in the eye and they you know all of those things and to some degree you can train those uh, skills you know the, mm-hmm. those uh, those actions, but it's tough if people are just inherently not kid friendly if if people just don't like kids, then yeah. and that's a that's a challenge. So we definitely did do, uh, you know, I had some kind of turnover, you know, early yeah. on. Um, 
but the type of culture that we uh, had was striving to build absolutely, you know, continues to this day. And uh, and I don't think anything that I'm saying is inherently different from what every vision source practice does. It's just with keeping children's perceptions, you know, in mind. I think we all strive to have a great culture, and we all strive to, to meet our patients' needs. It's just they're slightly nuanced with when you're talking about parents, you know, parents kids, and parents that well, are worried. So, so one comment and one question. One, I think that that what you didn't say, but you you shared through your words, was that you had a vision and you explained that vision to to your team. And so you knew where you were going. Everybody was on on board with it, and your actions, both tangible and intangible, reinforced that. So my guess is that compass, if you will, uh, was, was incredibly important and helped you be successful. The uh, and the, the question yeah, is, that, well, I think that that's okay. true. And oh, go ahead. No, nope, that's all right. We've had a little um, delay. No, be, be, well, just just on that point. Um, after that patient made that comment about how you know how we were going to lose, lose lose all of our patients if we started seeing kids, uh, the staff was legitimately concerned. <laughs> they were like, "Well, wait a second. Like, what? Yeah. What? You know, are they right? You know?" And I and I had to you know show them like you know I uh, we do have a vision. We we have a, a roadmap. We know that there is a need for children's, you know, eye care and not just children's eye care, but, you know, excellent children's uh, eye care. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we bought the practice was not for the assets. You can get a chair and you can get a foropter, you know, anywhere. But this was in a very family focused uh, suburb of, of Tampa. You know, everywhere you go, it's, you know, the kids at the park, there's strollers, you know, there's moms and playdates and birthday parties, and this is all about the family. And so we were confident that we had picked the right location. We had changed the uh, the you know the name before us of the practice was called Sphere, which means a lot to optometrists. It doesn't mean anything to anybody else, right? You know, so when we changed it to Bright Eyes Family Vision Care, I mean that is a kind of a warm and comfortable. Uh, you know, name for you know for patients. So we did, so we did have a vision, and really, to be honest, since 2006, that vision hasn't changed at all. We were we did a really good job, I think, doing our research. It's just gotten bigger and more nuanced, larger. Instead of a team of five people, you know, we have a team of 20. But you know, but yeah, nice. it's just we're doing more more of the same. So, anyways, go ahead with your very cool question. Well, the the question follows along with, with that comment your patient made that you're going to lose your current patient base when you expanded to kids. And so that's my, my question to you. As you expanded to kids and family-friendly, did you see, uh, uh, did you have to, to exit some patients out or did they naturally exit out or did you just see that it was a, a natural expansion of what you were offering? Um, well, the first is um, the raw number of patients on the books at that point, it was so small compared to what we see now. I mean, mm -hmm. I look back every once in a while just to amuse myself at the, the schedule before we bought the practice, and there'd be like three patients a day sometimes. You know what I mean? So, uh. so it it almost doesn't even matter because you know we grew so much since then. Yep. Um, but very few people. The only people we've ever really had to. Uh, you know, essentially, you know, f you know, fire, uh, you know, as patients, you know, is to, you know, or people who have been um, abusive to the staff, which is incredibly rare, but it happens. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and so um, I, I'm, there definitely are some people who um, have just chosen, you know, to go to go elsewhere to get, uh, you know, different sort of frames. Um, you know, people in our in our area, people sort of say they want to look at fun and exciting frames, but they really don't want to buy those kinds of frames. They like to look at them, but they want brand names. You know, they want Coach. You know, they, they want, uh, you know, types of brands that they're comfortable with and familiar with. And that works well, uh, you know, for us. So, um, ultimately, I don't think we lost many of them because so many of those people, you know, have kids or have grandkids. And then they realized, like, oh, this, mm-hmm. is, this is fine. This is okay. It's yeah. not going to be like visiting a preschool because we're organized and we schedule things, you know, in such a way that it isn't as disruptive as maybe some people, you know, early on, early on thought. I think that that's something that takes some, some learning, but does, does work. Oh, that makes sense. And as a parent, I appreciate being able to go somewhere where my kids are welcome and I don't have to force them to just sit and be quiet the whole time. They're, they're, they're not running amok, but they've got <laughs> right. a small table to play at. They've, you know, it, it shows that they're welcome. It shows they're engaged. And I don't have to go to one doctor for me, one doctor for, for my kids. I can get it all in one, in one place. So, but- right. And especially, you know, um, this is not a formal thing by any means, but we've been doing this long enough in the same location uh, that I have a whole lot of patients that I... I refer to them, you know, they're in the decade club. They've been coming to see us for, you know, at least a decade or a decade and a half. You know, and um, if you start seeing kids when they're uh, in middle school, you know, and a decade later, you know, they're in college, they're married, they have their own kids, and uh, and that's just, you know, incredibly cool to see that sort of, you know, patient loyalty, that sort of relationship that we have. And um, sometimes it's, it's really funny because they'll They'll move away, you know, and then or they'll uh-huh. come back or they'll go to a different doctor for a few times. And then, you know, six years later, they'll come back and they'll be like, wow, you guys have changed so much. You've grown so much and so many different you know, things are going on. So, you know, it's it's just great having that that relationship. I mean, it really, you know, they it's all about that that trust that we and culture that we talked about earlier. No, that's that's those stories are, are awesome and fun. So let's talk about how you build that trust. You talk about the tangibles and, and intangibles on the front end, making a welcoming space, uh, right. looking kids in the eye. So you're, you're treating them as patients, not just their parents through, you know, through them. Uh, what different right. things do you do mm-hmm. or what changes have you made in the exam room to make it kid friendly, the exam kid friendly, uh, or, or even just less challenging to examine a squirrely toddler toddler? Well, so, so all that, th- all that is integrated together, I think, because, um, as anybody who did, you know, uh, any kind of pediatric rotation in optometry school, you know, knows, um, the more calm and relaxed uh, the patient is, the better clinical data you're going to get out of them, and the better decisions you're going to be able to make. And so, starting with them being relaxed in the waiting room, and then when our uh, optometric uh, assistants, you know, they're trained to work with, with patients, you know, and parents, and so they put them, you know, like, totally at ease, and, you know, and then I come in, 
you know, and I, you know, and, and kind of to your to your point about communicating with the patient, um, for the very first, I don't know, minute or two at least, um, I really barely acknowledge the, the parent. I say hi, but it's all about, you know, me getting the, the, the child's attention, you know, and if you do it long enough, you get very good at knowing like, okay, this is what works with four-year-olds, this works with five-year-olds, this works with six-year-olds, and you, and you just find... You know those ways to sort of make them feel like a little bit more comfortable and make it more, uh, more like a game, and then um, and then you're kind of off off to the races. And then once you're in the middle of it and, and you're actually getting things going, um, then you can start to sort of educate the parent, uh, you know, a- along the way, so that they uh, they understand why I'm making the recommendations, you know, that I'm making. They feel like not only am I competent at what I'm doing, you know, I'm am able to do it because I, you know, I'm working with, you know, with their, their kid, but they can see the children's reactions, you know, it, mm-hmm. to put it at the very basic level, if they come in and, uh, you know, they can see uh, a 2100 size letter, and then by the time I've done retinoscopy and, and trial frame them, they're seeing 2025, well, Parents can see that, and they know what's going on. Uh, you know, and I guess on the flip side is um, when you don't do all those things, when you don't build that trust, when you don't take time to answer their questions, um, parents don't know what's going on, and we see that in the form of second opinions. We get second opinions constantly, whether it's something as simple as uh, a child has two diopters of astigmatism, but the parent doesn't really believe that they have it because they have no way of, of knowing that, so they'll come in, or maybe it's uh, something uh, related to you know binocular vision or you know vision therapy or or you know myopia control. Some other doctor really laid it on thick about myopia control, um, but they're not. There's all the stuff in the middle about okay, this is really real. This is why this matters. That kind of got left maybe because they were busy or maybe because they weren't uh, organized or they just didn't you know, communicate it well. And so they'll see us, and then I'll reassure them, yes, everything that doctor said is absolutely correct. Furthermore, this is why I think it's correct. And so um, and so, you're not really able to do that, I think, without just excellently trained staff. We have excellently trained staff who gets information before the patients come in so we know that they're scheduled correctly and we have all the intake information so we can kind of know what we're ready for because sometimes it surprises us we'll see kids with special needs we'll see other things so you know but we try to get all that information ahead of time the patients who work or the, the staff that works them up absolutely you know kind of setting them up for success and then having scribes that are good with kids who know how the doctors work so intimately that just by seeing what we're doing and the comments that we're making to the parent they know how to get all of that information into the chart so um, so everything can be efficient. There's, it would be impossible for me to practice at this level without well-trained support staff. It would just be, it would just not happen. Nice. So what I'm hearing then is, is a, a good pediatric practice is really no different than a, a, a good anything business where you've got, uh, you've analyzed every aspect from, from the front to the back and you figured out how to systematize it in a way that is efficient and builds that trust. 
Um, I know we've talked previously on the Correct. podcast uh, about you know myopia control and how to help parents understand that the value of it and, and to say yes so we can help their patient. Um, and uh, but I think we right. we miss the it's not the words you say or the the, the touch the, the follow up touch points. A lot of it's on that front end work on the trust you built before you even present that finding to them. It it absolutely to get a little bit more I guess pearl oriented is you know it absolutely helps if you have some sense of what is you know popular among uh, you know kids at, at different ages you know there um, you know when I when my kids were little you know they used to watch Dora the Explorer well you know kids don't watch Dora the you know Explorer you know uh, you know some of them you know maybe still watch you know Paw Patrol or you know uh, you know but you know there's um, there's a lot of different things. You know, some kids, some kids play Roblox, some kids play Minecraft. Sometimes they're the, both, but not often. Um, during the pandemic, you know, kids couldn't really like play sports or do you know do those sorts of things. So you know, by asking every every kid, pretty much regardless of how old they are, like, what do you do for fun? What are you you know engaged in? Not only am I like building rapport, but I'm building my my own little mental database of like what kids do. Oh. You know these days uh you know and um that that's smart know, i think again i guess that's not <laughs> well, well no, it's 100 percent trial and error but you found that you, you found know, a trial just, that, that works two things oh, you find out and uh, it's like here's here's a cl- here's a classic example here's a classic example of working with with kids um when when i have a patient who is six years old um, I'll look at the clipboard, you know, with the routing slip on it, and I'll be like, oh, you know, so you're Johnny. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Oh, yeah, you're in first grade, yeah. And it says here that you're 16 years old, and the fact that I'm leading them on by saying six, and then I say teen, and it always works, because they're like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm not 16. You know, and um, because, one, it makes, you know, they think like they know more than me. Like I'm this big grown up, and here I don't even know. Like, you can't be a sixteen-year-old. That's ridiculous. That would absolutely not work with a nine-year-old or a four-year-old, but it works perfectly with a six-year-old. And that's just the sort of little thing that you do once, and you know, then you uh, you know you build that that relationship with that with that patient. So that's just a very simple example. Uh, that's a that's a great example. So I just want to know: Do you get to? Play Roblox and Minecraft as, as research is that part of your professional development too? So you can, uh... um, to, uh, well, to some degree, yes. I mean, certainly my own my own kids, uh, you know, they as they have gotten older, I've delved a little deeper because of you know, like this is you know, uh, professional research that I can apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you can see any of the minifigures in the Legos, uh, you know. I was noticing me. those, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of that. Um, we, um, one of the things we do at both offices is, again, you know, it's it takes zero time and zero money. Um, but for the right patient, you know, we have a, a wall of minifigures and kids, we have on our webpage, kids will bring minifigures and they will trade. Uh, you know, yeah, boys will bring you know, ballerinas and stuff that they don't have any interest in and they'll leave with the firemen. And, and parents will say like, oh my gosh, you have absolutely made their day. You're now their favorite doctor in the world. You know, and uh, and it's it's completely simple, but if you, if they're in, if they're interested in that right that moment, 
to them that is all they're interested in. So, you know, and even if it only works on, I don't know, 5% of the patients or or less, it is a big, you know, a a big relationship builder with that whole family because mom knows like, oh man, if it's going to be this easy, well, I'm going to bring everybody Mm -hmm. here. And then that's how word of mouth spreads, Uh, especially online, the online groups, you know, in town, the mom groups. I mean, they, you know, they, they know you know, us from their experiences. And so, um, it's, there's a zillion. That's, that's awesome. I saw, I saw the little Lego figures on your website and I thought that was genius. I didn't realize that you have a Lego wall to to trade the figures off of. That's, that's super genius. Yeah. Well, again, it's all, you know, Legoland is near here. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so we take, we used to have annual passes when my kids were little and one of my kids' favorite things to do is take minifigures and go trade because every every staff member at Legoland has a minifigure on their name tag, and all day, every day, when they work there, they're trading with kids. Kids will like you know give them give them one, and they'll get. And I thought, oh, we could do that. You know, it'll cost us twenty five dollars or whatever to like buy the figures originally, and then after that, we just kind of keep keep trading. Sometimes I just give them away, you know, for like you know, kids who. Oh, yeah. didn't bring one but are super into it and you know it's uh and um but you know i, I guess again to, to say to try to i guess maybe calm people's nerves about pediatrics is um it is just like everything else i mean you know learning from it's just like optical sales like learning from from jewelry stores and other like high touch you know services you know when we very first started we would bring we would just bring the frame tray out and we would like this the opticians would like dispense it you know and then it's at one point you know we realized like no look we really need to like brush up our presentation so then we got the black velvet trays and the chocolate and we would bring you know bring it out and sit down and make it a little you know an experience and and you 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 can learn so much by looking at businesses other than optometry and see how you can incorporate those ideas into into what you do. And, you know, we just happen to apply all of that, you know, to, to pediatric care. Now that's... Uh it's it's simple but uh, but incredibly intelligent and successful. Uh, my friend and, and your friend Tom. I Mike, think one thing quote, that um, oh. I was just going to say that Tom says um, uh, says often we don't steal enough from other businesses, and I'm hearing the same thing from you. So absolutely, that is a hundred percent true. That is completely true, um, and we really don't have any excuse anymore. And if we probably never did, but you know back. Before the internet, you know, we were just sort of like in our lanes doing our thing. And, you know, once or twice a year, we'd go to a meeting and we'd sort of get ideas or whatever. But now, I mean, there's so much information, you know, out there. There's, there's, you know, Vision Source provides so many different resources, whether it's, you know, uh, business of, op, you know, optometry and, you know, all the other uh, resources that, that, that are out there. And, and in our everyday life, like I said, going to going to restaurants, going to hotels, thinking about uh, how you know how um, staff, you know, a lot of our younger staff, they're not super fond of of the phone. Like you have to kind of like phone training has always been important, but I think now it's like even more important than ever, you know. And and so 
so that's so that's I think you know the, those are ways you know that we have to constantly you know improve and where we get those ideas from um, doesn't really matter it's that we're constantly looking and measuring and applying them yep absolutely I'm uh, I'm fully with you so we're we're about wrapped up on time what would be the one like parting word of wisdom, word of thought, Pearl, that you would give a, a colleague that um, hasn't fully embraced pediatrics in the in the practice. They're happy to see kids, but it, it, they haven't made it a focus on something that uh, that you would tell them they could do to, um, to to get to that point. So I think the the um, if anybody's ever read the the pumpkin plan, um, one of the one of the business. Books that uh, I read a long, you know, a long time ago. Um, it takes a lot of time, but even more than time, it takes a lot of uh, uh, emotional, like, investment working with kids. Because you know, if you're not, it's really hard to fake it when you're working with kids. So my point with that is, uh, you have to be willing to charge uh, appropriately. I mean, you have to be, you know, willing to say, you know. This is what our fee is, and we're not going to take you know these plans. And if you're going to do a bigger ticket item like you know vision therapy, visual rehab, or you know you know myopia control, you know this is what it is. And people don't want to come in and bring their children and feel like they're getting like the cheap deal. They don't want kids like you know buy one get one free services. I mean they they want you know to be taken care of. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do it really make sure that you it's worth you know your, your while and that can be tricky in the very beginning when you're not as confident but I think one of the mistakes that we did make earlier on was try to start with smallish fees uh, and kind of incrementally ramp up and I think we got to a point where we're very comfortable with with our with our fees you know where they are but I think we probably took longer than we needed to because I was residency trained and I did know that there was you know research out there and I was going to meetings so uh, it just I think it took me a while to kind of catch catch up and you know in that regard and so uh, I mean if you're doing something special that is demanding you know do not be afraid to to charge you know for that for that service I and mean, that's just I just think it's absolutely critical when you're dealing with something like something like children. Yep. I think that uh, it was very well said. If you're going to do something, do it right. Or if we want to put it in uh, in Lori Sorensen terms that she stole, I believe, from Park and Rex, uh, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And, uh, and really focus all the way into what you're doing. <laughs> so. Yes, uh, absolutely. But... You know, there's so many different uh, you know, things we could drill down into, you know, more, you know, over time. Um, but uh, it really is a lot of fun. I mean, I, you know, I read every day optometrists, you know, it's, it, it can be, it can be hard and it can be a slog. But, you know, uh, the way I, the way I practice, I mean, optometry is great. I mean, it really is, really is a good time. Yeah, no, I, uh, and you can tell that when, when you look at, talk to you when you look at your website when you uh, when you see you in person um there's always a big smile and, and you're always having fun so nate it was uh, awesome to catch yeah. up so thanks yeah, for absolutely. 
for chatting and Thank sharing you some of uh, your time for us. And look forward to, uh, to seeing you in San Antonio here in a couple of weeks at the Vision Source Exchange. That's right. Oh, all right. Well, have a good one, okay. and uh, let's uh, let's get you back on here in the future, and we can talk more about uh, some of the, the exciting particulars you do with kids and sports vision, pediatrics, and, uh, and, and myopia and whatnot.